Tin. We find the Yurk Pool, Tobias said, and when we do, we blow it up and kill every one of those evil slugs. I expected Marco to start yelling, but Marco is pretty smart. He could tell that Tobias had reached me with his talk about the Andalite, so he just smiled a little sneakily. Remember that cop today? The one who was so interested in finding whoever was at the construction site? The cop who's probably a controller? What about him? I said. Well, let's see. He invites you to join the sharing, and now along comes Tom. And suddenly he's very interested in what's happening at the construction site. And guess what? Tom also invites you to join the sharing. Tobias nodded in agreement. Maybe the sharing is an organization for controllers. Marco smiled. He's my best friend and all, but sometimes Marco really makes me mad. We're pretty sure the cop is a controller. And I don't care what you say, Jake. I think Tom is too. So here's the deal. You want to get into this fight against the Yurks? Marco asked me. Fine. Let's see how much you want to do when it turns out it's your own brother you have to destroy. That stopped me cold. It's not exactly some video game, is it? Marco said. This is reality. You don't know anything about reality, Jake. Nothing bad has ever happened to you. You have this perfect family. Like I used to have. His voice cracked a little. He never talked about his mom's death. I realized he was right. I didn't know about reality. Not the way reality had happened to Marco and to Tobias. So maybe we just walk away from this, Marco said. Let someone else fight this fight. Sorry about the Andalite, but I've got enough death in my family. No, I said, surprising myself. The Andalite gave us morphing power for a reason. It wasn't just for the fun of being a dog or a horse or a bird. He hoped we would fight. Then maybe Tom is the enemy, Marco said. Maybe it's your own brother you'll end up destroying. Yes, I said. My throat felt tight. Maybe that's what will happen. Maybe not. But the first step is to find out more. And I think maybe the way to do that is to check out this meeting of the sharing. Tonight, I'll call the others. Anyone wants to come? Cool. You want to stay out of it, Marco? That's cool, too. He hesitated. He sent Tobias an angry look. But he said, Okay, this is just a meeting, right? We go and see. I'm for that. I called the others. Rachel agreed quickly. Cassie had to think about it for a little while, but she agreed, too. I told Tom we were interested in attending the meeting, me and Marco and Rachel and Cassie. We'd already decided Tobias would be there too, only in a different way. Tonight's a great meeting to come to, Tom said enthusiastically. We're having a bonfire on the beach, you know, hanging out, playing games and stuff. We play night volleyball, which is so funny because half the time guys can't even see the ball. It's great. It's the best organization. You'll love it. Listening to him, it sure didn't sound like the sharing was connected to the Yerks. You couldn't really picture Visser 3 or a bunch of taxons playing volleyball. I was thinking maybe we were all just nuts. The sharing was probably just like some new kind of co-ed Boy Scouts or something. It wasn't that far to the beach, so we decided not to drive there with Tom. We walked. Tobias walked part way with us, then he stepped behind a dark dune as we got close to the shore. A few minutes later, we saw a hawk take flight. There aren't that many thermals at night, so he had to work to get altitude, but then I guess he found a decent enough updraft because he soared up and away till he disappeared. I have got to try that, Cassie said. It looks wonderful. Yeah, I agreed. Ahead, the bonfire burned bright in the dark beach. People were all around it, playing, talking, eating. Kids from school. Adults. People I didn't know. Others I did. Were they all controllers, I wondered? How could I ever know? And was my brother one of them? 
After about an hour of hanging out on the beach, I was sure I was nuts. There was no way these guys were aliens. We played some volleyball, me and Tom together on one team. We ate the barbecue ribs they had. I mean, it was just like this normal, good time. The sand was still warm. The night air was chilly, but near the fire, it was nice. Now you see why I enjoy this? Tom asked me. It's cool, I said. I looked around at all the people having fun. I didn't realize it was so much fun. Well, that's not all it is, Tom said. I mean, it's more than just fun. The sharing can do all kinds of things for you, once you're a full member. How do you get to be a full member? I asked. He smiled mysteriously. Oh, that'll come later. First you become an associate member. Later, the leaders will decide whether to ask you to become a full member. Once you become a full member, the whole world changes. At that moment, something weird happened. I was looking at Tom, and he was smiling at me. But then his face kind of twitched. His head started to pull to one side, like he was trying to shake his head, only he couldn't quite do it. Just for a split second, there was this look in his eyes. Scared, or, or something. He was looking right at me, and it was like some different person, some scared person, was looking out through those same eyes. Then, he was back to normal. Or what looked like normal. I have to go for a while now, he said. The full members have a separate meeting. You guys stay here and have fun. Have some more of that barbecue. It's great, isn't it? With that, he was gone into the night. I felt like I had swallowed barbed wire. Marco and Cassie came over. They had just finished playing frisbee in the surf with some other kids. Marco was laughing. <laughs> okay, he said. I admit it, I was wrong. These are just normal people having a good time. Tom is not a controller. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Marco was wrong. I knew what I had seen in Tom's eyes. He was trying to warn me. Somehow he had managed to gain control of his face for just a second before the yerk in his head had crushed him. Tom, the real Tom, not the yerk slug in his brain, had tried to warn me. Chapter 14 They're all going off to a separate meeting, I said. All the full members. I'd sure like to know what goes on in that meeting. I struggled to sound normal, but my insides were churning. I saw people heading that way, Rachel pointed. Let's see if we can get close, I said. What's going on? Marco asked. I thought we just decided everything here was normal. It was Cassie who answered him. Nothing is normal here, she said. Can't you feel it? She shivered. All these so-called full members, they're all being so perfectly nice, so perfectly helpful. They're so perfectly normal, it's abnormal. And all the time, their eyes are following you, watching you, watching you like, like a hungry dog watching a bone. Creepy, Rachel agreed. Like if you took cheerleaders, combined them with gym teachers, and made them all drink ten cups of coffee. They are all just a little bit too happy, aren't they? Marco admitted. People keep telling me how all their problems disappeared once they became a full member of the sharing. It's like some cult or something. I'm getting into that secret meeting, I said. I had to know. I had to be dead sure. Let's get away from the fire, over behind that lifeguard stand. How are you going to get into the meeting? Marco asked. They won't worry about some stray dog that's walking along the beach, I said. Some stray... Oh, Marco said. Good idea, Cassie said. I'd do it too, but the only morph I can do is a horse. They would notice a horse. I checked to see that no one could see us. I waved over my head. A few seconds later, Tobias came swooping silently out of the starlit sky.
He landed on the lifeguard stand. What's up? The full members are off in some private get-together, I told him. Do you know where they are? Of course. With these eyes, I can see mice scampering through the dune grass. Nice, plump, tasty-looking things. Tobias, get a grip. Don't start eating mice just because you're in a hawk's body. What's next? Roadkill? He didn't say anything. Maybe he was offended at my suggestion that he would eat roadkill. Or worse, maybe he wasn't offended. Where are the full members? I asked. About a hundred yards down the beach, there's a little bowl-like area formed by the dunes. There are people posted all around though, like guards. I nodded. Good job, Tobias. You've been in that body for more than an hour. You need to morph back. No, I'll keep watch from above for a while longer, he said. No, Tobias, I said sharply. You need to morph back. You've done what we need you to do. Um, there's a little problem. I don't exactly have any clothes on. Cassie grinned. I'm going to have to teach you boys how to morph clothing. Still, Tobias hesitated. I hate changing back. It's like going back into a prison or something. I hate it when I don't have wings. Tobias, you can always return to your hawk morph later, Rachel reassured him. Now come on, both of you. I'll look the other way so your delicate boy modesty isn't offended. I took a deep breath. It was only my second morph. It still seemed totally ridiculous that I was even thinking about becoming a dog. But as I concentrated, I could begin to feel the itchiness and squirmy feeling as Homer's DNA combined with the Andalite's technology and began to change me. At the same time, I could see fingers growing out of the ends of Tobias's wings. Keep a grip on your human side, Cassie warned me. We can't have you running off chasing cats or whatever. You need to focus hard to stay in control. I started to say, yes, I know, but it came out, raw, raw, raw. I was already too changed to make normal human speech. I thought my answer instead. Yes, I know, Cassie. Don't worry. But I do worry, she said softly. I nuzzled her hand with my cold nose, and she patted my head. I set off across the sand. Cassie had been right to warn me. The dunes, the surf, the low chirping of seabirds in their hidden nests, all of it was so perfect for distracting my dog mind. I heard something breathing in the seagrass, and then it broke and ran. I was off after it before I could even think. It ran, and I chased. I think it may have been a chipmunk or something. I never could be sure, because it found a hole and went diving in. I dug frantically in the sand for a while before my human brain realized, Whoa, Jake, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Stop it. I made myself walk toward the meeting. I could hear the murmur of voices. I started to creep closer, then I realized that was dumb. Dogs don't creep around. They just walk or run. If I went around acting like a spy dog, that would make people pay attention. So I wandered along like any dog out for an evening stroll along the beach. My tongue lolled out of my mouth. My tail wagged occasionally. The only thing I had to be careful of was not to let Tom see me too clearly. After all, I looked exactly like Homer. Basically, I was Homer. I approached the edge of the area. There were high dunes all around. About 20 or 30 people were standing together. Unfortunately, with my weak dog eyes, I couldn't see them very well in the darkness. But I could hear them. I could hear them amazingly well. Sounds that I could barely have noticed with my human hearing were as loud as a boombox set on nine. And I could smell. It's funny about smell. As a human, you don't really get into it. But when I laid back and let my dog abilities come up, smell became as good as sight. Different, but just as good for some things. I heard Tom's voice, 
and I smelled a subtle combination of things that meant he was not too far away. There was a man on guard, but all he did was look down at me, then look away. No one cares about a stray dog. I was beginning to realize why the Andalite had given us this power. There are things you can do as an animal that you could never do as a human. The members all seemed to be waiting for someone to arrive. I heard Tom say, He should be here soon. Wait, here he comes. There was a stirring, muttering sound. I heard footsteps approach. I moved closer, but stayed out of the light. Everyone quiet, we have problems, the voice said. The voice! I knew that voice. It was the same voice that had been at the construction site. It was the voice that had said, Just save the head, bring that to me, we can identify it. I crept a little closer. I had to look hard to see him with my dog sight. But then, when he turned just the right way, I saw him. I recognized him. It was someone I knew. Someone I saw every day at school. None other than Assistant Principal Chapman. My Assistant Principal was a controller. Item 1. We still have not found the brats who were at the construction site, Chapman said. His voice was hard. I want them found. Visser 3 wants them found. Does anyone have any clues? For a moment, no one spoke. Then I heard a second familiar voice. It could have been anyone, Tom said. But it might be the one who's my brother, Jake. I know he goes to the construction site sometimes. That's why I brought him here tonight. So we could either make him ours, or kill him. Chapter 15 Either make him ours, or kill him. I felt like someone had punched me. I told myself that Tom was a human controller. Some slimy, snotty slug from another planet was in his brain controlling him. When he talked to me, it wasn't even Tom. Not really. It was a yerk. My brother. One of them. Chapman. One of them. They were everywhere. Everywhere! How are we going to stop them? How could we even try? If they could take my own brother from me, if they could take Tom, then how was I going to be able to stop them? It was insane. Marco was right. I think if I had been fully human right then, despair would have just overpowered me. But dogs don't know about despair. It was Homer's simple, happy, hopeful mind that saved me. For a while, I just sort of let go and drifted into the dog consciousness. I didn't want to think. I didn't want to be a human being. For a while, I just wandered around the dunes and smelled things. But I knew I had a job to do. After a while, I let go of the simple happiness of the dog and forced myself back into painful reality. I waited and listened some more to the meeting, but I was still so upset I didn't really track a lot of what was being said. I just kept hearing it over and over in my head. Make him ours, or kill him. The one other thing that did stick out in my mind was Tom discussing with some other guy, some other controller, the schedule for going to the yerk pool. He'd just been and was feeling good, he said. He'd be heading back on Monday night. That was the slug in his head talking, the yerk that controlled Tom needing to return to the yerk pool. Then I heard another voice. Cassie! I slunk quickly around the back of the dune to get closer, but I could hear clearly. Cassie's voice, and another voice it took me a minute to recognize. It was the policeman. The same policeman. Hey, what are you doing here? The policeman demanded. I was just looking for shells, Cassie said. This is just for full members, the policeman said gruffly. Private business, you understand? Yes, sir, Cassie said in her most humble voice. I got to where I could see them, although I have to tell you, dog sight is not exactly great. 
Everything is like an old TV with bad color and all blurry. The policeman was staring hard at Cassie. Cassie was trying to be brave, but I could smell the fact that she was afraid. Okay, take off, the policeman said. But I have my eye on you. Get back to the others. Cassie turned and headed away as fast as she could walk. I caught up with her. I guess seeing a dog come bounding out of nowhere startled her, because she jumped. Oh, it's you, she said. Yeah, that was close. What were you doing there? She shrugged. Just wanted to make sure you were okay. I was safer than you were, I pointed out. We got back to the spot where Rachel, Marco, and Tobias were waiting. I didn't even want to morph back into my human body. I knew that I could just let go of myself again, and in a few minutes, my dog brain would forget why my human brain was sad. If someone would just throw a stick into the surf, I could go after it. The water would make me happy. The chasing would make me happy. Now I knew why Tobias was so reluctant to leave the hawk's body. Being an animal could be a nice way to escape from all your troubles. I began to morph back into my own body. Cassie and Rachel turned and looked out toward the water. When I was completely myself again, I said, Marco, you are right. Tom is a controller. Marco did not look pleased about being right. I told them what Tom had said to Chapman about bringing me into the meeting to either use me or kill me. Wait a minute, Chapman is one of them too? Rachel asked. Our Chapman? Mr. Chapman the assistant principal? I think he's some kind of leader, I said. It was him the other night at the construction site. He was the one who told the hork to just keep the head. That is so Chapman, Marco said. I suggest we get the heck out of here, Tobias said. No, it's okay, I said. Chapman told Tom there was not to be any killing at a sharing meeting. They don't want any suspicious activities. He also said they couldn't just go around killing every kid who might have been at the construction site. They needed to be sure. That's decent of them, Rachel said dryly. Not really. Chapman just said that for a while longer they still have to avoid attracting too much attention. A bunch of kids start turning up dead and people will definitely notice. He said they should just wait. Kids can't keep quiet for long about seeing aliens. When the kids talk, the controllers will find them and get rid of them. Except we aren't going to talk about what we saw, Rachel said. You got that right, Marco agreed. We aren't saying anything. We are forgetting everything we saw. We are going on with our normal lives. And leave Tom the way he is? I demanded. No way. Never. He's my brother. I'm going to save him. Just how do you figure you'll do that? Marco asked sarcastically. Let's see, it's you versus Chapman, the cops, a bunch of hork and taxons, and worst of all, that creep, Visser 3. All you can do to fight them is turn into a dog and bite their ankles. It's like being stuck in the most impossible video game ever invented. I grinned. Or, at least I showed my teeth. Yeah, it is, kind of. But I'm pretty good at video games. And he won't be alone, Rachel said. I'm in this too. And me, Tobias said. Me too, Cassie agreed. Swell, Marco said. Suddenly you're the Fantastic Four. This isn't a comic book. This is real. We heard the sound of people coming through the dunes. The meeting of the full members had broken up. Everyone quiet, I said. We let this ride. For now. I said that to calm Marco down. I had no intention of letting it ride. I pulled Cassie aside. Listen, Cassie, I need an animal morph that will let me watch Chapman without him seeing me. What do you have at the farm? Cassie got quiet for a moment. 
Let me think. We have a lot of injured birds, of course. We have the wolf with the broken leg. We have the wildcat with one eye. I waited while she went down a list of all the animals in the wildlife rehabilitation clinic. Suddenly, Cassie snapped her fingers. I wonder, how small an animal do you think we can morph? I shrugged. I had no idea. I may have something in mind, she said. It's not really in the clinic as a patient. It just sort of lives there. It's small, it can crawl up walls, it's fast if you need to get away, and I guess it can hear and see okay. Which is how I ended up in Cassie's barn later that night, crawling beneath cages full of sick buzzards and between a pair of jumpy deer, looking for lizards. Hey my Animorph buddies! This week's episode was brought to you by Mountain Dew! Hey, that yellow number 5 thing, it's just a myth! Trust us! And from the support of viewers like you. Thank you. I sincerely hope you're listening to these episodes in sequential order, otherwise this whole thing would be real confusing. But in case you're just tuning in, why don't you start at the beginning? Just hop on over to soundcloud.com slash audiomorphscast and hit that episode one. If you'd like to ask a question or tell a story or a joke or just talk in any way, shape, or form, you can reach me at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or at audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Please, I'm very lonely. Well, that's all I have for you this week. Stay tuned for next week when Jake experiences some real body horror moments. Bye!